0: The IDP Pros podcasts on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network are brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL Win Totals Contest with a $1,000 first prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Patreon. We're also brought to you by GameTime. Download the Game Time app to get last-minute tickets at the lowest prices guaranteed. Use the promo code SGPN for $20 off. Once again, that's GameTime at GameTime.co.
1: So, the IDP Pro Manager Pod is a proud member of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, home of the hottest, smartest, and fastest-growing sports gambling and fantasy football providers in professional sports entertainment to date. And now, without any further delay, here are your veteran senior IDP Pros Craig and Gary. Slacking, I mean sacking, today's hottest
2: NFL IDP. It is Friday, August eighteenth, two 2023, and you are back with the IDP Pro Manager's Pod. This is episode 23, and this week we'll be going over NFC idp camp battles to be paying attention to for your idp rosters this year with me as always is gary the idp tipster but we have a special guest this week he is back gracing us with his presence you can find him over at football guys trip rebner trip how you doing this weekend
1: i'm doing well Craig. i appreciate you all having me on and it's good to see you all again Uh, y'all look fresh and recharged after the fantasy football expo in in canton and it's great to talk football with y'all again
2: Oh, uh, yeah, brother. Gary, you recovered from the weekend? No. No, no. I kind of got this,
3: like, vacation lag type. Yeah. No, no. Once we get past this weekend, I'll, I'll have a couple of days here, I think. I stepped right back into the stack, I guess you could say, when I got home, what, late Monday night. So, yeah. Great time, man. I had a great time. It was great seeing you and JJ Air at the expo, man. And... Sounds like we might get lucky and see
2: trip soon. So, But we better get rolling on that news, man. Yeah, we got the camp battles coming up. But we got some news here. Relevant for P leagues with NFL action regular season-wise only three weeks away. So, starts off with the news. NFL Network's Ian report reports that Eagles edge player Hassan Reddick will undergo thumb surgery, but he's still expected to be ready for the start of the regular season. Raiders edge Tyree Wilson was activated from the non-football injury list and seahawks linebacker jordan brooks surprisingly was activated from the physically unable to perform list so a couple guys going to be working themselves up into shape for the rest of camp and the preseason games someone that is not going to be uh, ready for the season is ravens cornerback marlon humphrey he's going to be undergoing foot surgery and is going to be out for an undetermined amount of time and that's certainly going to affect the secondary there the Ravens, that we just were speaking about, signed a former Chicago Bears safety DeAndre Houston Carson, and the Bears signed former linebacker Michael Walker from the Falcons who had been released. In a related move to that, the Falcons signed former USFL defensive MVP linebacker Frank Jinda, the Colts signed safety Ronnie Harrison, formerly of the Browns, Jaguars, to a one-year contract, Free agent cornerback Ronald Darby is making the rounds on free agent visits, looking for a new home this year. And finally, the Vikings signed linebacker and special teams player Tanner Vallejo. eight depth move.
0: The IDP Pros Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Game Time. Anyone that's ever had to buy tickets for a sporting event or a concert before knows what a pain it can be. If you've ever had to get those tickets at the last minute you especially know how stressful that can be game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports music comedy and theater needs near you With killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. With Aaron Rodgers in town in New York, I've been looking to go to a Jets game this year and I used game time to get my tickets. Their flash deals are absolutely incredible. I was able to find tickets on the 50 yard line for far less than the other sites I looked at. They've got easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, images of the seat views and the lowest price guarantee. They also have event cancellation protection and job loss protection forget months of planning in advance game time has deals on tickets right now right up to the day of the event snag your tickets without stress at game time download the game time app create an account and use the promo code sgpn for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply Again, create an account and redeem the code SGPN for $20 off. Download GameTime today for last-minute tickets at the lowest price guaranteed. You can use promo code CFBX for the college football experience as well. Head on over to GameTime.co today. This IDP Pros Podcast segment is brought to you by the SGPN Fantasy Doc, Sebastian Firon. Sebastian is an Army veteran, a doctor of physical therapy, and a strength and conditioning specialist, and he'll be helping us with injury information all season long on the IDP Pros Podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at SGPNFootballDoc, all one word.
4: What's up, guys? SGPNFootballDoc here, and today we're heading over to Dallas to talk some injury news. We're talking about safety. Donovan Wilson And he was a big part of this defense last year for Dallas. He led the team with over 100 tackles. He also added five sacks to that tally. So he's a safety that loves to play along the line of scrimmage. And unfortunately, he got injured just near the start of training camp this year. On July 26, he was carted off the field with his now being called a calf strain injury. So the expectation is it's a grade two injury. So he's going to miss around four to six weeks is what the Cowboys were saying. And he got a little lucky that this injury occurred near the beginning of training camp. He's got about six and a half weeks from when the injury started to when they play on week one. Now, this is not a guarantee that he's going to be back in time. These calf strain injuries, so basically what happens is you have a a small tear or some damage in that calf muscle. That muscle lower on the back of the lower leg there. And that plays a big piece in your explosiveness and your power in your lower extremity. So really think burst, acceleration, acceleration jump ball ability those kind of things all very important to the safety position now these soft tissue injuries can be difficult to manage because the tissue the muscle may feel good at rest may feel good with some light work but really until you start reacting to the ball and start going full speed and ramping up and kind of accelerating you may not know if that muscle is truly ready and there this carries about a moderate moderate to high re-injury risk so these calf strain injuries if they're re-injured they become that much more damaging that much more nagging throughout the season. So this is an injury that it should be able to recover from based on the time period. But if there's a setback in, in his rehab, this could be a serious injury here. Now, at this point, with you know no setbacks, I'm expecting Donovan Wilson to be back for week one. However, this is definitely a situation to monitor going forward. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Follow for more.
2: And that is going to lead us right into the Dallas Cowboys regarding these camp battles to watch. That's some good information there on Donovan Wilson, uh, trip. Do you see that this could be potentially regards to the safeties lead to a little bit more playing time for Jaron Ron curse off the top, or do you think that's pretty much just laid out how it's going to be given that it sounds like Wilson's going to be back on time?
1: Well, I'm never real fond of taking guys that have lower, that have leg injuries during the preseason and looking at getting them into a draft and hoping that they're ready to week one. So uh, I'm looking at IDP from uh, ADP from the IDP show, and they have curse at 32nd safety by ADP and Wilson at 16th. And I'd be more comfortable reversing those quite honestly. I think I, I like curse. I think he's a good player. He was banged up last year and therefore was outscored by Wilson, especially early in the year. And then once he got healthy, found his footing, they were more equal. So uh, I I find that the caution should be taken on the injury. And I don't hate Wilson, but I just think he's being overdrafted right now.
3: Oh, I've just been enjoying the cheap shares of curse I've been able to get the last few days or last few weeks in best Fall. So I think nothing more than that, really. I mean, it, unless the price is right, I'm not going to
2: reach for Wilson. He's got a little bit of injury history anyhow, I believe. Well, looking at the edge battle here for the edge two, sort of in name, depending on how they end up using Micah Parsons. They've talked about using him all over the field more, unless as a edge player. We'll see if that actually happens, because of course, Demarcus Lawrence is there as the main defensive end. But the other two sort of battling it out here, Dorrance Armstrong and Sam Williams. Gary, do you have any feelings on how that one is gonna play out based on how training camp and the preseason has gone so far?
3: Well, reportedly it's, it's Sam Williams to lose. So as we went through some of these to talk about, it's more of just kind of like updates and battles anymore, you know? So some of these are clearer than others, but it it, it seems to be his to uh, lose at the moment uh, as the guy that's probably going to get the most snaps across from Lawrence, but uh, you know, it's not over quite yet. It's Sam Williams, I believe, got injured early in camp, you know, just kind of get back in the groove of things. But uh, just letting everybody know, for the most part, it sounds like Sam Williams is actually going to have a decent role.
2: You excited about uh, Sam Williams coming up there as a he a second-year player, third-year yeah, maybe, yes. year trip? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's an interesting piece.
1: I think he's probably a long way from being fantasy-relevant outside of deep leagues, but I do look for him to take a step forward this year and start to get on that path where we're starting to think about him next year as a viable piece.
2: Throw it to you to sort of go where you want to next for these NFC teams, uh, camp battle, or situation that uh, you find interesting. Well, let's jump on the team that played
1: last night, which is the Philadelphia Eagles. They uh, showed us something. Uh, we got a good update, I think, of what they intend to do with their linebacker course. So. That's good news. And so if you're if you're listening and have a draft here starting today or this weekend, then you, you need to know that Zach Cunningham seems to be in pole position to get that Lb2 job next to N'Kobe Dean. He started uh, last night in that in that spot. Uh, Miles Jack was the other free agent ad, add, and he didn't start playing until late in the game. And I think the reason they added Cunningham and Jack is because they were dissatisfied with what they had at that uh, weak side linebacker role with Nick Morrow and and Christian Ellis just kind of a, a depth piece most of his career. So uh, Zach Cunningham is not going to play full-time, I don't think, but he didn't play full-time in Tennessee in the last couple of years, and he was still a, a useful piece for fantasy gamers. So I like him as LB4 type that you probably get even later than that and you add uh, not super high uh, Floor or ceiling, but just an adequate piece that you could plug in there, certainly in the middle of the season as injuries and bye weeks start to pile up. So uh, that, that's real interesting to me. Uh, the second piece is the safety situation. Terrell Edmonds continues to have the lead on the strong safety role. Reed Blankenship is locked in as the free agent, safe as free as the free safety which might come as a surprise to folks who aren't following it that closely. Blankenship, I don't expect a ton from for fantasy, but the strong safety spot is interesting because that role, if it would be both full-time strong safety and a dime linebacker role for, for either Edmonds or the rookie Sidney Brown, that is, is interesting to me. And we've seen Edmonds not do much in that type of role at Pittsburgh. So I'm not super excited about him, but if Sidney Brown can overtake him in this preseason, which is, not out of the question, Brown has played well, Edmonds is jag. then I would think you have a couple of uh, free squares there for very cheap in drafts with both Cunningham
2: and Sidney Brown. That's interesting about Blankenship too because there was a lot of hype about him this offseason all over the place from the limited playing time that he got and, of course, just showing up against Aaron Rodgers and I've seen him take a lot higher than these other guys so far in drafts or even, you know, the past month. Mm Mm-hmm.
3: It's the nature of the beast. I mean, I'm 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 hating all those shares of morrow I had early in the season. <laughs>
2: but what you're gonna do? You can't forecast
3: some kind of signings like this.
2: No, and I mean you sort of know what you have with Cunningham and Jack. And I think that's mm-hmm. probably part of what drew the Eagles to them to say, hey, you know, we've seen these guys the past couple of years. We got an idea of what they are, what they could provide probably looking for more of just a steady adventure in hand there. And if they're not getting it out of Morrow, they're going to want something like that next to Kobe Dean, who's played well. But again, for all intents and purposes, he's Mm -hmm. a first-time starter, clearly. He's not much more than a rookie with the limited playing time that he got last year. And then you get linebackers
3: dime a dozen like we get DBs off the waiver wire nowadays. There you go.
2: (laughs) Well, Gary, we're going to throw it to you. Which uh, camp battle or team do you want to head to look at next? Hit all the lines, brother. You know,
3: let's get him out here. I know Derek Barnes apparently is getting a second shot. He must have started this past game, I believe. Got most snaps, started at middle linebacker. Anzaloni didn't play. Uh, Jack Campbell did get to play like something like a quarter of the snaps, or maybe I have those snaps reversed. Maybe it was Derek Barnes, but either way, uh, Derek Barnes did get to start at middle linebacker. Uh, Malcolm Rogabrigus was kind of on the outskirts there, in in my opinion. Snap counts are something you can read. Now, what do you read on who gets the most snaps or who doesn't kind of can play against each other? Because they might just be seeing what Derek Barnes can do. Again, give him a chance, you know, let's see what he's got. Not like Anzalone needs to be out there and Jack Campbell. I mean, you want him to get those reps, but do you really want him out there the whole entire time? If he's, you know, ideally your first week went starter next to Anzalone. I think Barnes is interesting in that he only played one year
1: of off ball linebacker in college. He was an edge defender and then a fourth round pick and had to earn his reps and work his way up. And I'm a little disappointed, I guess that they used a first round pick on a linebacker this year, because I felt like that, you know, maybe there was an opportunity for Barnes to take kind of a two down role there next to Anzalone. So, but, um, uh, it'd have to be Campbell really underperforming, I think, not to take that role.
2: Yeah, and they could be looking to see—you know—they re-signed Angel only but with the way the contract is set up, he's probably not going to be there for all three years. They still have Barnes for a couple more years, and of course, they have Malcolm Rodriguez. They're going to want to see what they have with these younger guys. I think they got a good feel for Rodriguez last year, but he's probably not going to be an every-down player most of his career in the NFL. Unfortunately, just based on his size, but he can be productive in those spots starts and filling in for guys that we've seen before. So it'll be an interesting to look at, but I do think with that draft capital, it's probably going to end up coming down to Campbell.
1: Well, let's talk a little bit about another one of your news items. You had Jordan Brooks coming off pup for the Seattle Seahawks. And it's fascinating to me, just the number of players that suffered catastrophic injuries last year and are not on pup that seem like they're ready to go for week one. And this includes guys on both sides of the ball from Javante Williams to Tracy Walker. And here's another one. He's a guy that had surgery, I think January 14th, that is with Jordan Brooks. And uh, and so the odds that he's ready to go full steam ahead to begin the season seem low. Then again, you have more short-term IR spots. You know, maybe the plan is to just kind of stash him there when the season starts. I don't know, but uh, you got to have a reason to do that, right? So if you activate him off puff, that, you know, then, what's your logic on putting them back on it again? So, but what we wind up with with Seattle is a situation where there's an awful lot of bodies in the middle of that defense to make tackles. You have Bobby Wagner. Devin Bush Jordan Brooks Jamal Adams if he can come back healthy and Julian Love and there's just not enough snaps for all these guys to be productive but they all have name recognition they all get drafted in, in fantasy drafts I, I get it, uh, it it's, it's hard to imagine how this is going to break down in, in, in a way that's productive for everybody so uh, Devin Bush to me looks like a depth signing I, I think he's probably just there to you know, so insurance against Brooks being ready. I think a bigger question is, is are Brooks and Wagner both going to play full time? I think from what we saw in that defense last year is that they would like that to be the case. They tried to show, they tried for Cody Barton full time. Yeah. That didn't really work. They switched to a rookie nickel, and then that worked for like about two weeks, and then offenses figured them out. And so I think they're hoping for a, a, a nickel group that they can put out there and rely on fairly reliably with the uh, with the line lineback- with two linebackers and five DBs. So it's really kind of Jordan Brooks versus the clock, see if he can get back to what he was. But you um, wouldn't want to count on it until the second half of the season. But it's, it's certainly interesting to follow.
3: Anything that I could add to that would just be a report I come across this morning about maybe using Jamal Adams as linebacker a lot.
1: <laughs> well, I think probably only gonna... last a
3: couple games, but yeah. it's out there. Yeah.
1: Well, that's the thing with Adams, right? Is I think they've gotten the point where they kind of realize that whatever they get out of him is a bonus. That's why they signed Julian Love. I'm expecting the, the that's the, a I'm hell of an
3: party. expensive bonus, man. You,
1: you ain't kidding. You ain't kidding. All right? But, uh, you know, but. Then again, he's a, he's a good enough player when he's active that he, he adds value. So if he's just in a sub package role, then maybe they're satisfied with that. and The other thing to think about is they weren't a good defense last year. They're probably going to want to mix and match parts until they get the right group of players on the field.
0: The IDP Pros Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network are brought to you by our Patreon. Sign up for the Patreon to get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL Win Totals Contest that has a $1,000 first place prize. Besides those season-long contests, they also have weekly contests just for our patrons, plus a monthly SGP Stories Podcast that's completely ad-free and full of behind-the-scenes stories from SGPN. There's also a Discord channel just for our patrons. Only you can prevent corporate gambling. Do your part and sign up today for the SGPN Patreon. That's at sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Patreon.
2: Gary, I want to stay in that division and throw one to you that I find uh, really interesting for a name that's been a joke in the NFL fantasy community for a while. Uh, But the San Francisco 49ers, uh, Battle of Cleland Farrell and Drake Jackson. So Cleland Farrell, we all know the story with him. He was drafted like fourth overall or pick something that year. Mm -hmm. And flamed out uh, pretty wildly in mm-hmm. Oakland. There wasn't even being used a whole lot. And when he was, he wasn't very viable. And he's going over here to the 49ers where we talked about this a little bit earlier in the year. He's in about as good of a situation as he can be in with a defensive line that they're going to have there where the focus isn't going to be on him at all. He had the talent, you know, in college, right. and he was taken way too high. But the reports are that he's out playing Drake Jackson so far. So if that does play out, and, you know, Drake Jackson's had some injury stuff. Barrel is the guy there to start the year and is getting the majority of the snaps. Do you have any deep league interest in him?
3: From afar. I mean, yeah, I love the opportunity that the guy's going to get. I didn't know who you were saying as soon as you said two key <laughs> words. Division and joke. Poor guy. I mean, hopefully this does something for him. But, man, I would, I'd rather see what Drake Jackson has. So he's questionable right now. I know he's not quite. As I don't think the situation is quite like Sam Williams where it's his to kind of lose. I think Jake Jackson is going to have to earn his, especially considering the uh, pedigree that Farrell is bringing to the whole situation. So it's it's something to monitor in deeper leagues. Of course, we've, we've got Bozer for your shallow stuff. So I'm not sure what kind of production would be even available if you look at this in defenses and entire, you know, there's no vacuum. Everybody's going to be fighting to get their own production because you got some hell of a linebackers. You know, that secondary—it's one hell of a defense out up front.
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's an upside play in deeper leagues. The, the Drake Jackson, I thought was locked into, not quite locked in, but certainly had the inside track to replace Samson Ebukam and the defense with. Uh, 65% of the snaps last year, but only, only worth five sacks, in part because of Samson Ebukam, But um, I, it's just got to be a serious red flag that Furl's in there, pushing him for reps. And so it's it's a situation I'm content to ignore for fantasy.
2: What situation do you want to move on to next here, trip?
1: Let's talk about another one with a big pile of bodies in the middle that we are really going to struggle to see how they sort out the snaps, which is the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I was pretty surprised in week one to see that Jeremy Chin did not start at safety. There was you had Xavier Woods, who was a holdover from the last regime as a free agent signing, and then the new free agent signing, Von Bell, starting and playing a full complement of snaps in the vanilla defense that the Panthers showed in week one. Uh, it, we knew they would show a vanilla defense. And Edgerow Evero, the defensive coordinator, has said that they's, they're not going to show their cards in terms of how they're going to deploy Chin. But it's hard for me to imagine that not showing their cards includes not even start again. I sincerely expected that he'd be back there alongside Von Bell in vanilla two safety, two high sets. And I was really surprised that he's – not even being used much as a safety per se in a traditional deep safety sense. That was, And so what that meant then is that he was competing for snaps with Frankie Louvu, another fantasy darling, because he was a breakout player last year. And Shaq Thompson was wearing the green dot as, as, as relaying signals for the defense. So you've got two players being drafted awfully highly or eating into each other in Chin and Louvu. And if we, it's certainly worth. That's one preseason game. It's certainly worth monitoring to see if that trend continues. But if it does, then both of those guys are being severely overdrafted.
2: You mentioned it's a new regime, which is always important to mention for players when they're looking at stuff that happened in the past. But even in the, you know, the past year or two, Jeremy Chin hasn't been used even as much as he was that first year as a linebacker. He's been moved around a lot. He's been out there as a nickel. And a lot of those stats that people remember, you know, from those huge years, I think it was even in the same game, you know, he had two touchdowns or fumble recoveries or interception or something for a touchdown in the same game. When you're looking at your year-long stats and stuff, those things create a big blip to raise people up in rankings. Jeremy Chin's probably being a little bit overvalued at this point because we don't know completely how he's going to be used. And I think people, it's sort of like Debo Samuel, sorry, Gary, I'm bringing up offense, how he was used in San Francisco. People are pining for... The events of years past like oh if he can only do that again but the team has changed the situation has changed and you can't be expecting what someone did two three years ago to just keep occurring so that's a really good note but gary wash the dirty o out of our mouths and give us your thoughts on it <laughs> there's a lot
3: of talent i still think that they find a way to get some guys like Dion jones in some packages and such i think we're going to see some off the wall shit. so if it ain't louvu or thomas or burns you know i, I bomb bell apparently and you know i, I think i'm kind of pumping the brakes on the rest of these guys for the moment
2: yeah i think they've even been using Luvu a bit as an edge player um as opposed mm-hmm. to a, a traditional linebacker which can certainly switch things up with how he's used and the value that you get out of him so how they end up deploying these players like you mentioned trip in the regular season compared to now might be a shock to people once we get there in three weeks mm-hmm.
3: where you want to head to gary let's go to minnesota how about that josh metuley i'm gonna screw this up i apologize sir <laughs> wherever you are josh metellus yeah swinging a bunt <laughs> anyhow so <laughs> uh I'll you know it. i think uh lewis sim was actually a guy that was going to get this off-season <laughs> hype in a lot of places uh you know i i was like bynum fan coming in the last year and even when he came in the league i like how he came out of california and was switched from cornerback and in his free safety spot there but so i actually kind of shaded him this year i thought sim was going to get it of course we're also talking about fading on dbs so and it's not like can't bynum lit it up last year but who did was Metellus, and he's still from what i see you know sin's pretty well dropped off and it's between Bynum and Metellus right now and what Metellus put on the, on the field last year uh, from an IDP or in film perspective was just great. a shit for considering his background.
1: Well, Metellus is interesting that he's playing, like you said, he's just kind of come out of nowhere and is earning a big piece of the defense. And uh, Brian Flores as the new defensive coordinator. He was with Miami for several years prior to last year. And uh, he has a lot of experience with three safety sets. And it looks like Metellus and not seen, seen as the third safety. Uh, and so, yeah, Bynum is back there too. So what we do also know about that is that, uh, is that even though he played a lot of three safety sets, only one of those safeties was typically full-time. And so I think Harrison Smith is really the only a viable fantasy option out of the three.
5: What's that? Your computer has another virus? Well, my friend, you need help to stop your obsession with the dirty O. All of this searching for air yards and yards after catch and blah, blah, blah. Stop your dirty O obsession by searching for the IDP Pro Players Podcast instead and focus on the other side of the balls. I, I mean ball. The crew on the IDP Pro Players Podcast care about you and your technology by holding true to their no dirty O mantra. Every week, Gary and John bring you the IDP content you need to save your rosters and dominate your league while avoiding the dirty O. Ooh. So save your technology by tuning into the IDP Pro Players Podcast with your longtime and totally unoffensive veteran hosts, Johnny the Greek and Gary the IDP Tipster. Follow them on Twitter at capital I capital D capital P R O one word at the IDP pro players.
3: I'll tell you what, man. So basically what we have been trying to accomplish here is get through as much as we can out of a very long list. So I'm going to go ahead and just pull the trigger here. Let's talk about the uh, free safety situation with the New York Giants. You got Jason Pinnica. A pinnock. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe he came in last year and had a hell of a showing when Dan Belton, another guy that I was hoping would come through. Uh, I believe Belton is a second year guy. So that's mm-hmm. what I get for thinking a rookie is going to get something accomplished very well. Uh, I was actually really intrigued with the Bobby McCain signing this year coming out of Washington. That free safety position for them, uh, you know, we know it's gold. Pinnock apparently is the guy in the lead. And like I said, I don't know if this is even a battle at this point. We're just giving a camp update, which I'm sure you have more for us. No, I'm,
1: I'm with you. I'm right, exactly with you. I I saw the McCain signing, and I allowed myself to be distracted by that as well. I'm like, all right, he fits as a, as a deep safety, and McKinney will be all over the second, first and second levels, and that's not how it's shaping up. Pinnock, is, is, uh, he played reasonably well last year after he played because McKinney got hurt. Uh, mid season. And then Pinnock played down the stretch and he was reasonably effective. And so it's always hard to read those situations sometimes when you, you see they let love go. It's like, well, who do they think is going to backfill? And you look for a draft capital or you look for a young player who played really well. And I guess they decided Pinnock was that. And so it's, it's, I, I'm glad for that. It's a free square for fantasy gamers. He's a guy that has a, you know, certainly DB two upside, if not more. And he, he's just, basically free in drafts and so yeah he, he's locked in like you said that's a camp update he's the starter alongside McKinney
3: no doubt anybody else in the uh, with the Giants you think is worth talking about I know McFadden inside <laughs> linebacker I guess he's getting the most of the uh, second linebacker reps next to And do you think it's actually going to mount anything no
1: Right. I mean I, I don't I mean I I mean the question is how deep is your league, right? He's, so there's some right. places like on MFL where because of uh, position designation changes—you might be having to chase every starter you can imagine, and so in which case this is a situation worth monitoring. Darian Beaver seemed to be the lead at the ILB two spot at the, the beginning of the month, and McFadden seems to have overtaken him. But this is a true camp battle; one of these two guys is going to earn that spot. And it, is either guy going to play even seventy percent of the snaps? I kind of doubt it, but um, it's just a question of how deep your league is. And plus, two—they play a fair amount of man. You got Bobby Okereke in the middle. I I don't expect this to be a super productive spot for a second linebacker, but it's 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 fun to monitor.
3: Yep. yep. Well, go ahead and swing away, man. Pick us one.
1: Well, we've got I think we've got four or five teams that are interesting in the sense that they're not so much camp battles for a position, but a camp, but possibly a a competition to see who's going to be the LB one, who's going to wear the dot versus who's not. And uh, like last year we had, Michael Walker was wearing the dot in the first half of August, and then he didn't hold it. He gave it up and Rashawn Evans played the dot. And as we know from you know, history tells us the Rashawn Evans ended up being the IDP piece that we wanted for fantasy leagues. He was, and Michael Walker was eventually displaced by Troy Anderson, the rookie and has since been cut. Uh, so uh, we've got th- th- Literally three or four different spots where the, the dot is a bit in question versus what we might have expected. And I'll right. start with Green Bay because I know you all talked about this a couple of weeks ago uh, about how it looked like Quay Walker and Devon Campbell. Their, ID, their their ADPs seemed to be reversed. Well, it's quite surprising then on week one to see Quay Walker with the dot. And meantime, Campbell has since gotten banged up. And so it will be interesting to see if Quay Walker holds the dot. And if so, what does that mean? I'm guessing that Campbell will still be okay. I think that this team wants to be a full, a two full-time linebacker team. They express that as the reason they drafted Quay Walker to begin with. But what it tells us is that, is that, you know, I think is your comment on your pod and I've, I think i might have made the same comment on a different pod was that devondra campbell's being radically underdrafted and that quay walker's being radically overdrafted the walker investment could work out at this point and so i think that's really the biggest takeaway
5: What good is football content if it doesn't cover both sides of the ball? The SGPN IDP pros have you covered on defense. But we have more to offer than just IDP. Check out our flagship podcast, the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast with Emerson Beery and Justin Bruni. Follow that up with a chaser of old-fashioned football with your hosts, Justin and Miranda Mark. All of the SGPN podcasts pride themselves on their actionable content. They bring the research and analysis you need to win. So help support SGPN and download the SGPN app and catch all of our premium football content.
2: Well, why don't we finish the NFC North End? Because it looks like we got one team left there, which would be the Chicago Bears. Of course, they made a splash signing to help out their pass rush with Yannick Ngakwe a couple weeks ago. But the other sort of defensive end edge position there, is a toss-up going into the season. You know, some people they brought in. Of course, Travis Gibson was a holdover from last year. But DeMarcus Walker and Machine Green are also there. Tripp, I'm going to go to you since I don't know where we're at and you're our guest. <laughs> How do you see that defensive end position playing out for Chicago? And do you see any fantasy relevancy? That's the bigger question for yeah. us. Well, I think the starters, uh, based on the
1: fact that this regime has signed them and paid them decent money, or Ngakwe and DeMarcus Walker. Uh, Ngakwe fits well as the Leo. Demarcus Walker's the big end. Um, Gibson and 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 Dominique Robinson are depth pieces. Uh, the question is, is can this defense be good enough to really generate some big plays? And the, I think Ngakwe is one of like a, only a handful of players who have had eight sacks for like six consecutive seasons or something like that. So yeah, he's worth monitoring if you're in a big play league. I don't really have any interest in Walker. Um, but, you know, I I could imagine a set a scenario where he piled up some tackles in a tackle hobby format, but I won't be drafting him anywhere. He might be a, a waiver ad. So I'm not not super excited about this
3: group. I guess for Sean Green, made a little bit of a, I don't know, impact here in camp or something. I believe he's a second year, maybe third year guy that just hasn't really, ah, what was I can't remember, he got hurt or something. I just, I'm willing to throw a dart in any deep, Best ball format, and he was like the last pick out of uh, oh, what was the uh, IDP show guys? The big, the longest one, I think, it, it, Super Fleck. Anyways, it was, I think I got him like 50th round or some shit, so I dotted him on there. Um, unless somebody can overachieve in that first couple of weeks in that position, I don't really see anything, just like trip was mentioning. You know, it's just probably not going to be relevant. It's a Prove it type thing
2: for me. Yeah, I mean, Rasheem Green is a guy that uh, Seattle and talk about a long list of edge players that she, Seattle has drafted that just haven't gotten much out of. He was the third round pick of theirs in 2018. So he's been around a while. He was with year Six and a half sacks is his career high and you know, 48 tackles. I'd, I'd be surprised if we see any more than that out of him at this point in his career going into season six for him. You know what? We haven't touched on the NFC South here. So, Tripp, are there any NFC South situations that you want to talk about?
1: we picking up on the theme that we touched on, and the question in Atlanta is who's wearing the dot? Is it Caden Ellis or is it Troy Anderson? And if so, does it matter? And my guess is that it does. I think you have two pretty similar players here, and one of them has a chance to be full-time while the other one might play, you know, 70-80% of the snaps, and that could be a difference between being an LB2 and an LB4 on the season. So I'm pretty interested to see who that is. I don't know. I don't have any intel on that, unfortunately. I need to see it on the field of the preseason. My guess is that it's Anderson, but because Ellis has not done that in the past, I think Ellis fits in a similar role that he had last year with New Orleans, carrying, coming over with Ryan Nielsen, the defensive coordinator. And so I'm eager to see Anderson given an opportunity to grow and, and, and to do more. And so hopefully that's the play. And if it's not, then Ellis is
2: your man. All right. Well, we're down to a few here, Gary. We got the Saints, Buccaneers, Cardinals, Rams, and Commanders.
3: Let's get the lightweight out of the way. So, we got a second linebacker position open with Arizona right now, uh, according to reports that I've seen, I believe, late last night, maybe early this morning, that it looks like it's between Josh Woods and Chris Barnes. I believe, let uh, see, Woods is a throwback from Denver. And then we've got Barnes coming out of Green Bay. If I – and if, Oh, uh, and I'm going to mess this name up too. So Papo, Popo, yep. Papo. Okay. All right. So Papo is the rookie that we're looking at that could probably squeeze in here, maybe mid-season if the other two aren't worth a crap. But I, I'm thinking in, I think either one of these veterans can hold this job down because it's going to be a part-time role to begin with more than likely, considering all the other talent they have around them. It's kind of a camp update if you're in some deep D-gen D- you know, league and you're looking for some way deep backup. Which one are you guys taking? Who You're going to give it to Chris Barnes? You're going to give it to Joss Woods? Or are you going to go ahead and just stash that rookie? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm
1: ignore the LB2. Like you said, I don't think it's a full-time role. Right. I, I think the interesting story there is the safety situation. You've got mm-hmm. Isaiah Simmons has is told the incoming regime that he does not want to play linebacker. Therefore, he's going to play safety. And with three, four, three, nine speed and six foot four. He's going to get some deep center field work. And so the question is, is how does he fit? And what is the deployment between himself, uh, Buda Baker, and Jalen Thompson? And and which of those guys is not going to play a full complement? The three of them will play enough that the LB2 is not going to matter. But the the, the, the the bigger question then for me is, which of those safeties is going to matter? And I was watching some the Cardinals uh, preseason one game. And it looks like there might be enough uh, kind of uh, hybrid linebacker type snaps and dime settings that one of those safeties is going to have some value, and so uh, I would put a chip on Baker, even though he's not the biggest guy out of that group, just because he's he's been there before, he's done it, he's been productive for us. There was one year where he led the entire NFL in solo tackles, and so I think he's he's a guy that I may have undervalued to date. Uh, and then the other two guys, Simmons and, and Thompson, are being highly drafted still. And they, I think that there
2: may be a clear winner out of this group, but. I'm curious to y'all's take I'm still taking Buda Baker I still like him the best out of the group when he's played consistently throughout his career he's one of been the more consistent safeties at a position that we know is just wildly inconsistent year to year and Isaiah Simmons I think they need to figure out how to work him in but he's proven to at least at college if not you know the NFL level to this point he can be played all over the field and he can do a lot of different things I know he doesn't want to be a linebacker but he does know how to play a linebacker because of the time in the league so far. So I think he's going to be used all over and probably a little bit less than the other two, because let's face it, Thompson and Baker are proven NFL safeties on a team that needs proven NFL talent on that defensive side, not to mention that offense. As the season goes on and I expect them to be, you know, in that running for worst team in the league, he might get more runs so they can try to see, hey, Are we going to want to be making this guy an offer to keep him in the future because they didn't pick up the option for him? And Simmons is going to want to show what he can do, too, trying to get a big contract after this and show, hey, I am an NFL player despite possibly being best cast to start the year. So later in the season, maybe Simmons, but I'm sticking with the two that have proven it on that team the past few years with Buda and then Thompson. When
3: it comes to Jalen Thompson, though, I'm enjoying some late shares of him that you can get. I think that his ceiling could be a little higher this year if he's playing that true role, depending on what they do with uh, uh, Simmons. I'm not really concerned about Simmons. I'm surely not seeing his probably most productive year at this point. You know, I don't think his ceiling is going to be there worth reaching for, and that designation is definitely just like Chin's. I was getting some decent deals drafting, so I'm not too concerned about this secondary whatsoever. Collins. Collins has a little bit of concern. I mean, I I, I don't know what to do with him. I've seen him ranked in the top 10, and that makes me nervous. Yeah, the top 10 ranking I saw was
1: was, uh, Mike Clay's ESPN projections. And it's in part because he's projecting a huge number of tackles for Collins. And so it makes you wonder, does Clay envision a scenario where Collins is playing some inside and some outside? My guess is that his role looks a little bit more like Hassan Reddick's from last year in Philly, because that's the the new defensive staff that he has and and Reddick played a little bit of off ball, a little bit of coverage, but not enough to really, really make move the needle all that much. And of course, you know, Reddick has experience being an inside linebacker too, and didn't pile up a ton of tackles. So uh, I, I'm not as excited about about Collins as clay is, and he's a guy that you're, you're basically hoping gets home a few times because of volume, but expecting a guy to to just go out on the edge and immediately be an impact pass rusher seems like, Seems a bit far-fetched to me. I, you know, I don't think that Hassan Reddick should be seen as as a as a typical
2: path to success in the NFL. Well, and Collins didn't show it really in college at all either. I mean, he was a tackle machine in college, but you're talking about those big plays. He didn't do a whole lot of that at Tulsa. There's the hope that maybe he could convert to there. But to your point, Trip, you, you're just going out on a wish and a hope <laughs> at that point thinking that this is magically going to manifest itself because that doesn't usually happen. Even the players that find it, it takes some time. And to switch this first year in this new system and everything, I like Collins long term, but I'm not holding out a lot of hope for this year that he just magically finds it. Well, I'm glad you guys confirmed that
3: because I'm thinking I might have seen that the night at Friday night at the Expo. And I don't remember much about that night, so and I couldn't find that blurb again. That's why I was bringing it up because I'm not
2: I'm not convinced either. I want to bring up a name here. Um, so in the IDP Kings Classic that I was in. Uh, at the expo on saturday morning fantastic it was 14 teams 34 rounds did a little like four four and a half hours with a couple breaks in there you don't have to start any safeties but the scoring is pretty much evened out and a name that i got here late that surprised me boy i think it was like it was somewhere in the 30s for the rounds that they got him. and one of the few safeties i took was Derek Forrest out of washington he's a guy that you know Seemingly came out of nowhere, he was a late round pick and showed himself similar to what Cameron Curl did for Washington. And we know Cameron Curl's the big name there. A lot of people have excitement about Jatavis Martin. So Tripp, I want to ask you, am I right in thinking it's still Derek Forrest's job for the number two safety this year, or is it gonna be more of a switch up with the three of them being played a lot? Yeah, I think I think Forrest is 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 playing full time.
1: I, I agree with you there. Um uh, I, I have not seen a lot of buzz out of Quan Martin that he would be able to come in there and, and carve out a large role. I think they're envisioning him as a nickel and 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 not so much a safety, which I was skeptical that they would. I Their nickel role to date has been more of a true cover corner. And so they, they may be looking at doing something a little different. That said, late in the year, they really mix things up after um, – Cole Holcomb got hurt they showed a lot of three safety looks with Bobby McCain playing in the corner that said I mean in the slot that said Bobby McCain started his career as an NFL corner so he had that experience Uh, so I it sounds like Quan Martin has been drafted to play that role which sounds like a a part-time slot role and then uh I think Forrest and Curl are in fact your starters Uh, I do prefer Curl of the two I think he's more of the
2: box safety type and so he's the he's my priority add out of those he was one of the big name safeties. There's a lot of people really excited about him this year, but I, I didn't see a reason why again, other than maybe positional value a force of dropping into the 30. So I was happy to get him there. Yeah. Go ahead, Gary.
3: Yeah. Oh no, that's, that's perfect. I drafted him higher than 30th round. Believe me. <laughs> I like how they did use him last year. So I think he was overlooked here early in the year by a lot of people. He's going to catch on on some of these standard leagues. going to be a waiver wire guy or, some of those shallower leagues. I want to make sure that we get his take on Carl Anderson, Peyton, and the uh, rookie Falski or whatever. Now, yes. my understanding is Carl Granderson's job to lose down there. But, I mean, it's not a lock. I thought going
1: into the camp that Carl Granderson would have done enough in the preseason, I mean, in the last season, I should say, to have earned um, the right to start coming into the season. And so Isaiah Foskey is being a second round pick. I didn't feel like he was a threat. I guess I underestimated the, the, Investment, the sunk cost fallacy with draft capital and Peyton Turner, because it did seem like that Peyton Turner was was neck and neck with him, that it was a total toss up. And this is dating back to July, which seems like a long time ago right now. <laughs> when Peyton Turner, it seemed to be neck and neck with Carl Granderson in terms of who would start at that spot. But what I've seen reporting, I've seen says that Granderson is is kind of steadily been ahead of him, and that Granderson will continue to start, which is so I he. he He's a guy that's not been as quite as sneaky, quiet of a name as I thought. There are other guys like Joey Hagan that have been on him. Uh, So uh, there are some people that are following him. But I do think he's, he's an interesting piece. He's a guy that has some athleticism and has some talent. And the reason why he was so lowly drafted is because he got in some legal trouble when he was at Wyoming, which is in itself not a huge football school. And so it led to him. I don't think he was drafted because I think he was like, I, he may have even been incarcerated it was something serious where he was really uh out, out of um you know out of loop the saints gave time gave him some time and some patience to get to get into camp, to get into the roster to get into new orleans like you know i want to say midway in his rookie year and, and get up to speed and and catch on and then develop in time so he certainly paid his dues and uh has, has developed into you know, I think a decent NFL starter. And so I think he st- certainly stands to reason that he can outproduce what Marcus Davenport did, did, did last year. So he's a guy that I like as a, a conventional position designation DE3 or a edge DE5, edge five or so on position formats. You got anything on the on the Rams for us, their uh, trip? For as few starters as they have back, it's kind of not much to talk about in my opinion because you got John Johnson now is going to come in and play Uh, safety alongside jordan fuller so that's set christian roseboom is the guy that looks like the starting uh uh, linebacker two there next to ernest jones i don't expect a ton from him in fantasy i think being used as a two down player in the preseason i expect that to continue uh so again you'd have to be an awfully deep league to care and then you got the edge defenders like michael hoyt three former 300 pound defensive tackles one starter And uh, people are hoping that the rookie third rounder Byron Young starts at the other edge. He's been banged up. Uh, It's just (laughs) we talked about. I think the between the Cardinals and the and the Rams, I think the Seahawks and the 49ers are thinking, boy, we got four easy wins right there. It's boy, those two teams are looking rough, (laughs) man. I I don't know. Can the Rams even field an NFL
3: caliber defense at this point, man? Oh yeah, Craig, wrap it up for us with. Tampa Bay. Uh, I, I was looking at the Joe
2: Chiron, that opposite side of Shaq Barrett. No, I mean, the names that, you know, sort of were battling out is your favorite Anthony Nelson, Gary, and then Joe uh, so Tryon, try and uh, <laughs> Yaya yeah, yeah, Dayabi. Yeah, I, everything I was seeing is still probably going to be Joe. You know, he was the first, mm-hmm. late first-round pick out of them. He came on strong at the end of last year, and I think he's going to be the guy that gets the shot. But if he doesn't prove and sort of start to break out like they're hoping – Nelson, you know, he's your deep guy for a reason that defense still overall should be pretty good.
1: Yeah. Barrett's another, um, another mm-hmm. one of those guys, Achilles injury last year. Here he is. He's seemingly ready to go. I'm just skeptical that all these guys can really be ready to go. And all of them defy typical expected there recovery is. times from past years with Achilles and yeah. ACLs and whatnot. And so I had a little bit of conversation with John Macri on the big nickel Pod about this last month. And, shock Barrett's a good player if he's healthy and but you know again is he ready to go 10 months later and people look at brandon graham last year he he had 11 sacks his career high after an achilles injury and it was it was shocking Uh, i i don't know if they're putting i can't remember the the stuff that's in wolverine's bones but (laughs) adamantium yeah you know these guys getting something out of Adamantium (laughs) adamantium to get back on the field it's just like it's amazing
2: well, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh we're going to be figuring out what we got going on next week because again, 3 weeks from now is going to be already a Thursday night game for the NFL will be over with to start the regular season. We'll be getting into the Week 1 games on the weekend. But uh Trip, thanks you again for coming on. It's always great to hear your in-depth analysis and nuggets and uh make sure you tell everybody where to find you. Yeah. I oh, appreciate it
1: having having me on guys. I really do enjoy talking football with you and it's good to catch up and as y'all know I can find me at footballguys.com these days and doing been writing up scheme uh scheme changes, looking at what the impact of new coordinators will be on on uh, player personnel and deployment and opportunities. So, uh, it's it's been fun to write. And I this is you know my favorite time of year. It's it's fun to to see how many things you can get right and then watch it play out in the season and then be
3: disappointed with all the things you got wrong. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I just want to thank you trip for the generous donation you made to the breast cancer calls and all the support you gave with the Jersey situation that we're giving away next week, 24th folks, go check it out on the, any of the accounts associated with our podcast or any of the guys on here. So, um, Trip again, thanks a lot, man, and don't let them fool, fool you, folks, because I actually got an open inv- invite for next Friday too. If Trip would
2: like to join us, <laughs>
3: uh, we'll 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 see though. But again, thanks a lot.
2: That's gonna do it for us. We'll be back next week, bringing you more IDP information leading up to the regular season. Have a great day, everybody, and we'll see you.